Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into the Sunday scripture reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Father Rob Gallia. And I'm Danny Sullivan. And this podcast is presented to you by FRG Ministry. Some exciting news happened recently. What happened recently, Father? Um, our diocese has a new bishop. It is very exciting. It is. And we um, are very happy to have this new bishop. Uh, our previous bishop, re- not resigned, well, handed retired. in his re- retired, handed yeah. in his resignation for retirement. So now we have this, this new bishop. So we're. There's a bishop elect. We get to go to a bishop. Well, I get to go to my first bishop's ordination. Yes. I'm excited. And then his appointment in our diocese. It was so uh, exciting times. Uh, have you ever been to a bishop's ordination? No. What? What? What's like the difference? Well, a priest um, gets anointed on his hands mm-hmm. um, with the oil, but the bishop on his head, okay? Because he doesn't get anointed on his hands because he's already a priest. He's already um, consecrated, but uh, he gets anointed on his head. And and there also, there needs to be, another, I think, two bishops to ordain a bishop. There can't be one. Okay, but one bishop can ordain a priest. One of one bishop can ordain a priest, yes. But uh, yeah, so it will be. It was really nice. It will really be exciting nice for the diocese as well because he's quite young. He's like he's younger than my parents. Yes. So for a bishop, I mean, yeah, mum and dad, you're not old. I think. You're young. <laughs> he's young for a bishop, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and for a human. And for a human. (laughs) Uh, So it'll be an exciting time for our diocese. And um, yeah, and I'm so grateful to our our diocese as well for the amazing support of of this ministry, FRG ministry, which um, is reaching uh, um, so many people across the world. And yeah, and so it's going to be new and exciting times for us as well. I think we're a bit spoiled or maybe blessed as a diocese, like the last three. So this new one, but then Bishop Les, our current or... As of yesterday, maybe he's out. No, he's still, I think he stays, he'll be our bishop until the 16th of October. Okay, so our current bishop, Bishop Les, he's wonderful. And then the bishop before him, Bishop Joe Grek, was incredible. Like we're just, the bishops in my lifetime at least have just been amazing. Yeah, wonderful, man. And that's continuing, which is exciting. So we need to continue to pray for our priests and Mm. our bishops that they continue to be um, holy, holy people as well. So we'll pray for him as well. But um, let's go straight into this week's gospel. So this week is Luke 14, verse 1, and then verses 7 to 14. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler who belonged to the Pharisees. Now he told a parable to those who were invited, when he marked how they chose the places of honour, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a marriage feast, do not sit down in the place of honour, lest a more eminent man than you be invited by him. And him who invited you both will come and say to you, Give place to this man, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your kinsmen and rich neighbours, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor and the maimed, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. 
so much in there, Father Rob. Yes, there is a lot um, and a, a lot to deal with. And But I got two points out of this, even after reading and studying for this, um, two aspects that come out, two themes, so to speak. And one is of humility and the other ones of, of motives. One's to um, g- uh, draw us towards humility, but the other one also is to um, draw us to think about the motives. Why we do what we do? Why um, do we seek humility? But I just want to start off with this thing like this, uh, miracles, okay, that Jesus um, performed a miracle on the Sabbath and there's opposition to that. Yeah, so <laughs> verses two to six, is Jesus healing someone on the Sabbath of dropsy um, yeah. at this Pharisee's house? So it's kind of, yeah, like... And that's the context. But it's strange. It always... You see, there are times... If, there are about 10 miracles, even throughout the whole of the Gospels, that Jesus heals on the Sabbath, but he's only persecuted for a few of them. Mm. And obviously because they hear that he continuously does that. But again, this is God's search, God seeking out for us, chasing after us um, <laughs> unconditionally. And again, away from the law of what the Jews thought should be. Like, we, again, in the last few weeks, we've been talking about salvation, thinking that only the Jews could be saved. But there's so much more to that, okay? Jesus um, saves everyone. And again, um, this this God God's pursuit of us wherever, no, no matter what time, he just searches for us. Yeah, and I think like in those verses that aren't read in the gospel this Sunday, but are still in that scripture, you know, chapter 14, verses 1 to 14, um, is that, you know, they're kind of the Pharisees that were dining with Jesus. He asked them like, if your son or your ox fell into a well on a Sabbath, wouldn't you like immediately pull yeah. him out? And they, they didn't have an answer for him because they all knew like, yeah, well, if my son was in a well, you'd pull him out. And that's what God does for us. If we're stuck, he pulls us out. He doesn't wait around until the next day when it's not the Sabbath. He doesn't do that. He just is constantly in pursuit. And as soon as we need him, he's there like ready to help us and to pull us out of that well. Yes. And uh, the aspect as well the Jews would have taught was that God was bound by the law. Mm. So if the miracle happened on the Sabbath, God said there's no work on the Sabbath. So then if there's a miracle on the Sabbath, therefore God doesn't work. Therefore, it is not God. So they started to think this guy, Jesus, is definitely not from God because he's healing on the Sabbath. He's breaking the law and God can never break the law. And it's not the law. The law is is to serve a man, humanity, not for humanity to serve the law. I think another thing that I thought about it last week as well when we were talking about, you know, how to people that have never heard the gospel make it into heaven is that God isn't you know, constrained by the law that the Jewish faith has. He's not constrained by the sacraments or us. Like he's so much bigger than that. And we as humans have, you know, this understanding of where God is, God's in the sacraments, but they're for us. They're visible signs for us. And the same as the law are to help us as humans. But God isn't constrained by that. He's nothing about that is going to stop him from doing his own will. Absolutely. And these are gifts from us, these laws as well, these sacraments, not that the sacraments are law, but Mm. these gifts, these are wonderful gifts for us to get to heaven. But they... Um, we can utilize them or we can um, not utilize them, but uh, they certainly will take us to heaven faster and give us the grace on the narrow path as mm. well. So let's talk about humility. This example is quite interesting that Jesus talks um, about a story about being in a prominent 
taking a prominent place at the table. He uses this homely illustration um, of being the host and all of a sudden this very prominent person arrived and he assumed he's going to be the most prominent person mm-hmm. there, of course. So he walks to as just, you know, that's all what he always did. He took this place of prominence, which is nothing bad in itself. You see, that's where he thought he would be. But then what happens is like... An awkward moment because super cringeworthy. Yeah, that moment that uh, they this guy, this even more prominent person walks in and he looks at the corner of his eye and he thinks, "Oh my goodness, I didn't think about this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be asked to get up," and so he's just uh, probably tense at that moment, is not enjoying that moment, and then he is asked to get up and then to go to the end of the table. Yeah. I had a sort of experience like this once. We were I won't I'll try to mention as little detail as I can, but. Don't shame anyone. No, I won't shame anyone. But I was uh, sitting at a table. This is a big, uh, a big banquet table, and there were many people um, at this table. And um, there was a very um, the host at the head of the table. But there was this other person who did sit um, next to this prominent person because they wanted to to have a conversation. They had started a conversation before the the mm-hmm. meal began, and so um, I, the conversation continued. And so automatically they sat down there. But um, the minute this person was going to sit down. Um, the 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 host said, "Hey, um, this place is reserved for for another person," and so they had to get up, and they had to find a less prominent place. And now they were happy enough; they just understood, and they were there were no hard feelings. But <laughs> we, we did joke about it. But I just looked at this person, and I really laughed at them. Mm. But uh, it, it this is the situation that happened. But it would have really upset the the person. Yeah. Not in this, in my story, but in the scriptures would have upset them. What do you mean? Like, um, prominence is so important, you know, and respect was so important. So like, you know, you've worked for this title, so yeah, I should be entitled to sit in this particular seat near the host, near the most important people. Yes, and honour was more important for the Jews than it is for us. Mm. You see, like, I don't know, in places like a lot of Asian countries, you know, you there's nothing worse than than humiliating a person, like t- taking away their their place of prominence or embarrassing or raising your voice at a person. And while for us, we just raise our voice back and that's fine. But a lot of these countries wouldn't. They'd just be so publicly shamed and carry that shame with them. And God doesn't want this for us. And this is why he calls us to humility. He calls us to be humble, to stay humble. And uh, But if we do stay humble and then we're called to the top of the table, but not that we go to the bottom of the table to be called to the top. Mm-hmm. But if we are, can you imagine the honor? Yeah. Can you imagine like, wow. But it's not an, an honor of pride. It's an, a, a humility honor thinking, wow, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I've been called to this place of honor. And I think that's a really beautiful point there that, yeah, it's called, called to a place of honor. It's not something where we can kind of humility. I think that often people are like, oh, they're very humble because they think so little of themselves. No. But it's not like that's not what humility is. It's just knowing who we are and who God is and then who we are to God. Exactly. And I think that, yeah, like if if we are honoured, like just recognising that that comes from God 
and that that should reflect him, not anything about us. And it doesn't, humility isn't to put ourselves down or to sit at the end of the table because that's where we think we should be sitting because we deserve to be thought of so little. Like that's not it at all. I'm not like, so I don't deserve to sit anywhere next to the host. And it's not, it's nothing to do with that. eh? Yeah. Just knowing that, oh, like it, it actually doesn't matter where I sit. Yeah. Because God's going to love me as much as the person at the head of the table, because even if they have a title or they're more important in our standards, they're not more important to God. Like we are his sons and daughters, no matter if we've got a title or if we don't, or wherever we sit at this table, be it physical or metaphorical, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, but it matters to us in a yeah. sense, but to God, God loves you at the foot of the table, loves yeah. you at the head of the table. He doesn't love you anymore any less, as you're saying. So this is just so beautiful. And I've seen so many people in my life as well that have shown me this humility as well. Just understanding, as you're saying, humility is about understanding who we are and that our dignity doesn't change, uh, even though we're not honored, even though we're not glorified, even though we're not elevated. And so this, um, I, I don't know if you have any people in your life that remind you of this, of this beautiful virtue of humility. There's one person in particular that's coming to mind. I won't mention any names. I don't want to, you know, put any, I don't know, embarrassment on it. Yeah, proud. pretty much. <laughs> I want to keep them humble. Um, or else my story won't make any sense. But I was at, it was like a, a week long, I guess, evangelization school. And this man, he would every dinner, like we had rotations to wash the dishes and clean the tables. And every dinner he would do it. And he didn't make a scene. He just liked going into the kitchen. The kitchen was a fun place to be. I think everyone wanted to be there because there was lots of singing and dancing. But he, he would just do it every day, not because he wanted to wash dishes. Like that wasn't a thing. He just wanted to serve his brothers and sisters. But it got halfway through the week and the rest of us kind of cottoned on that he was doing the dishes every single meal. So we asked him, we're like, well, okay, can you sit out this time? Can you, you know, we don't mm. want you to do the dishes. And he was like, yeah, of course. Like, and he accepted that. Wow. So he knew that he didn't need to be in the kitchen to be humble. Wow. And I think that's beautiful. And he was able to be like, okay, like they want to serve me now. And he was o- also okay to accept that. Yes. And I think like that's, to me, he was just this beautiful example of humility where he could serve and he could be served because he, he knew that it didn't matter which one he was doing because he was just loved in that room by all of us and by God. Wow, that's a beautiful example, yeah. eh? That's what Jesus is saying as well. So whether we're at the foot of the table, whether we're at the head of the table, yeah. we can still find joy and fulfillment and accept with joy any any part that comes our way, which is really hard. Yeah. It is hard. And we're not saying that this is easy, far out. It's just like so difficult to be and to to retain humility. Yeah, absolutely. But let's keep going through the reading as well, where Jesus talks about um, different ways in which we can uh, retain humility. I think the first thing that if you want to be humble, it's... um, it's uh, first of all realizing the facts, okay? We need to understand as human beings that we are just vapor. We are nothing in a sense, um, but we are everything in Christ. Uh, and the fact that we are each and every one of us, we're all going to die. We're all going to finish. We're all going to fade away. But at the end of the day, what is going to stay is, is the strength that we gather throughout our life to love God and to love other people. And then the second thing as well is that we need to understand that we need 
to compare our strength and our holiness. Because the thing is, you can be proud of your humility. Mm. Okay, it is too easy to be proud of your humi- humility. And especially people who are known to be humble and people start saying, oh, you're so humble, you're so humble. <laughs> Eventually, you can become proud of your humility. And it's not that you shouldn't encourage people for being humble, because if they are humble, say, thank you that I've seen Christ's humility in you. Yeah. And that's important. But we can also become proud of our humility. But so we need to understand that the the measure of humility is not what we did last time, but the measure of humility is this perfectly humble God. John 3.16, that he laid down, and, and Philippians 2, the God considered equality with, with God. Jesus considered equality with God not something to be grasped, but he, he let go and humbled himself to death, even on a cross. Mm. And so that's just, that's, that should be our measure. And there's this story of this um, this native Indian and this white man sitting uh, by a campfire and they were having a discussion about well, who knows what, you know, and ultimately the white man says, listen, just understand this. And he drew a small circle Then he drew a huge circle around the small circle and he pointed at the small circle. He says, this is what Native Americans know. And then he pointed at the big circle and he said, this is what white man knows. Then the, the, the native man took the stick and drew a circle which was 10 times the size of the bigger circle in the middle. And he says, look, that might be true. But this big circle, this is what white man and this is what Native Americans don't know. And this is again the greatness of God, that, that we, our comparison should be not with what we know or what, what others know or what others have or what we have, but ultimately what God. God is the measure of all holiness, the measure of all humility. And I think that another, um, you know, with, with this measure of humility, but there's also like if we're called to humility, like it's important that we desire that. Mm. That it's not just something that we do because like, oh, we're called to be humble. So I'll think less of myself. And that's important like to pray about it. I mean, there's that beautiful litany, the litany of humility. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it kind of, I've got it here. And it draws out for me where I, like for myself, where I haven't been humble. So I'll just read out a few of them, you know, from the desire of being honored and praised and consulted. I think that's something we often, you know, we want to be asked our opinion, mm. but we don't need to be often. And, you know, and we say deliver us. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Deliver us Lord from these proud desires. And, you know, the, from the fear of being forgotten, deliver us Jesus and ridiculed and suspected. So there's all kinds of areas in our lives where we can fall into that that trap of pride and i think it's really important to remember like to just pray about that because yeah we can try to serve others and put ourselves at a particular seat at the table but ultimately we also need god's grace to mm. remember that we are called to humility and then as you were saying father not to become prideful in that humility yes Yes, yes, yes. And this is it. It's about uh, asking for... I love this prayer. You know, this is a song actually Matt Meyer, I think, made a song out of it. Audrey Assad. Audrey Assad. Okay. So it's about like from from the... from the desire to be understood, deliver me. From the desire to be consoled, deliver me. From the desire to, to be appreciated, deliver me. What difficult and hard prayers those are to pray. 
Like yeah. if you get a chance, look up this litany of humility and pray it. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And it really like the first time I prayed it, it opened my eyes to all these areas of my life that I'd never thought about before. Like when I thought humility, I was like, okay, like don't be in front of people or don't be at the most important seat at the table. But humility is so much more than that. And we're called mm. to be humble in all aspects. Yes. And, you know, back to the scripture, it's even when we're, in, you know, inviting people over for dinner or showing hospitality or reaching out to people, be humble humble in that yes. and don't just, you know, invite people or look out for people or hang around with people that are going to make you look good or make you look honored, but be humble enough to know that there's others out there. There's the poor, there's the sick, and they need our love and attention because yes. they can't repay us. And again, so this is first he started to talk, Jesus started to talk to the guests. Now he's talking to the host. Yeah, He's saying, hey, um, you who are hosting these people, these prominent people, don't seek to have the prominent people next to you, people who can give you back and people who, oh, look how important this person is. They have, um, they have prominent people at their table. Yeah, oh my gosh, this week I had dinner with Father Rob Galia. Oh my goodness, He so was famous. at my parents' house. It was very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> exactly, no, not at all. So, but I was at the foot of the table, literally at the foot of the table or at the head or of the, the table. <laughs> we don't know. No one sat next to you. <laughs> No one said next. I sat alone. Oh. So the second thing Jesus talks to us about is motives, and he asks us to watch our motives and to be careful. To, and I think Psalm fifty-one. He says, "Lord, know my heart. Search and know my heart. Why do we do what we do?" We have a great saint in in Malta. He's Saint George Preca. Now, he actually is the person who came up with the luminous mysteries in, in the church. And he was all about this. He says, Lord, he used to ask all the time, Lord, search my heart, know me. And he, would, he was a, a person who started a, a movement and it was all about knowing your motives. Not why are you doing what you're doing? And questioning those motives all the time. It's not that we become scrupulous, but knowing that we're giving and we're serving out of the, the right motives. And there are four things I thought of, uh, four ways in which we can give and four motives through which we can give, for example, in, in giving to charity. The first one is what we can give to people, we can give to the poor, and that's fantastic, we should give, but we can give out of a sense of duty. And it's like, almost like we're paying tax, a duty uh, that we can't escape, that we've always done it, that we need to do it. I think it's the righteous thing to do. And I've even heard like, you know, and we should give, but I've heard like, for example, I've been to some Pentecostal churches, which are awesome as well. And, uh, but they would, would say, make sure I heard the sermon once saying that, make sure you're giving 10% to God. Otherwise you're stealing from God. Oh. You're stealing from God. And that's fine. Okay. Yes, we should give at least 10% of our income to to the poor, you know, I think um, God wants us to give more than that. But anyway, uh, but it's not about that sense of duty, that sense of fear that I'm stealing from God. And the second motive is self-interest and that we give maybe as an investment. I don't know, do you, can you think of any examples of that? Like one thing that comes to mind is, oh, I love The Office, the American office. And there was one where like Michael Scott, the manager, he like did this whole fundraising thing just so he could be seen handing over a giant check. And oh, it yeah. turned out to be like a ridiculously small amount of money. But he just wanted the photo opportunity with this giant, you know, like those novelty sized yes. checks. And yeah, like he gave, which was good, but he gave so that people would see him. Yes, it was an investment. And you see yeah. that on charities, on big charities on television, these huge companies. I would have 
given $10 million, $10,000, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and there's their name prominent over there. It's, I mean, it's actually cheaper sometimes than advertising. So it, it becomes out of self-interest. Um, but we can do that as well in ourselves um, when we want to satisfy our conscience. So, you know, there's so many reasons why we can give out of self-interest. The third um, motive could be to feel superior. You know, when you give to the poor, you give to someone or give to a friend or give to someone in need because you want to feel um, more powerful, maybe, or even um, more in control than that person. And that person now owes you in a sense. Mm. And that's very humiliating to the person who's receiving as well. And so we need to give, give with no strings attached, not to feel superior, not out of self-interest, but, uh, and not even out of a sense of duty. But the reason why we should give is because we cannot help it. Because we've received so much love, we've received so much grace in our lives that out of that overflow, we want to give. We want to give because we cannot do otherwise. Because we love people and we love God and we realize that our money and our gifts and our time doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God and belongs to, to the people whom, whom God loves. So I really love what you mentioned there. Like it's not just money, it's time and gifts. And I think that they're kind of sometimes overlooked in terms of when people think of generosity, they don't often think of my time as being generous. And it is important that we give these. And I think that it's, it's a really beautiful thing to give these joyfully. So like to be able to recognize like, yes, like I've received so much from God and I'm going to, you know, give this person my time and maybe it's not easy and maybe it's not always enjoyable for us, but I think it's important to remember to do it joyfully because it, you know, it should come from a desire that is innate within us that we are called to be like Jesus and Jesus gives, you know, no strings attached generously, um, radically. And we're called to do that. And it's, it's really easy to get stuck in that trap of I'm giving because I should. And yes, it's innate. And yes, you know, this is what Jesus would do. So I'll just go and do it and then it'll be done. But I think being able to change our heart and our mind frame into one of joyful giving Mm. is so exciting because then it's not just a chore or something that we're supposed to do, but it's something that, you know, builds us up and builds so many other people up in the process. And it's joyful giving yeah. and extravagant giving as yeah. well. You know, there's a song which I, I don't know if it's taken from someone, an author, but Matt Redman writes this, wrote this song and he says, um, I will not give that which, which costs me nothing. Mm. You know, we have to give extravagant. And Jesus honored extravagant giving throughout the whole scripture. You know, Jesus himself, the, the father gave the son so extravagantly. It cost mm. him everything. It cost him his life. Jesus died on the cross, cost him everything. Yeah. But he also honors people who gave extravagantly, like the woman with the alabaster jar. She broke the jar and she poured the oil, extravagant oil, over Jesus' feet, you know. And she gave out of overflow of her heart. And she didn't care that she gave uh, she didn't care about the oil or the alabaster what she was she almost felt like she couldn't give enough Mm. and this is this this abundance this extravagance of God and with that comes to use the word of last week travail (laughs) comes the pain of staying on the narrow road because Mm. it's going to cost us everything to be humble costs you everything to be to to have the right motives costs you everything because we, we need to give out of abundance. And if we realize this, if we realize how much we are loved, if we realize how much we've been given, then that's where our humility comes from. Understanding, that's where, understanding of where we are loved and out of that love we give. And so it never becomes about the cost, but it becomes about the overflow. 
Yeah. And ultimately it's not just about that overflow. It's not about giving that, that we can afford to spare, but it's about giving everything about Mm. laying our lives down to give joyfully and extravagantly to our brothers and sisters and also to God. We want to give him everything because he's given us everything. Mm. And that's where we continue to be in overflow. You see, if we hold mm. things to ourselves, then we're retaining, we're just becoming an isolated pond, which eventually will become stagnant, which eventually will become poisonous, which eventually eventually will kill us. Mm. So um, that's why Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance through generosity, through selflessness, through humility, and through giving out of, again, the, out of what we have received. Yeah. There is so much in that, you know, in those few short verses, like just it opens our eyes to who Jesus is. And I read this book actually quite recently about studying the Bible and how often it can be like, you know, the Bible is a love letter to us. And that that's beautiful and that's true. But ultimately the Bible is just a reflection of who God is. Mm. So we hope that through this podcast, particularly for season two, we all get a glimpse of who God is and then who we are to God. And we are his beloved child and doesn't matter our title, where we sit at the table, he loves us just as much as the next person. And he's choosing to love us and he wants us to just accept that love. So thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, We pray that you've been able to learn a little something extra about this scripture. And we would love to hear from you. Please be in touch at FIG Ministry social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or yeah, email us, reach out to us. We love hearing from you. So podcast at frgministry.com or by mail, snail mail, and P.O. Box, <laughs> P.O. Box 96, Strathdale, Victoria, 3550. I, I would love to receive a letter. Yeah, but why not, eh? Yeah. I, if any, I receive if a lot of letters. Is listening to this and going, I've got some spare minutes, please send a letter. <laughs> uh, that would make my life. And I, make your life, so make sure, please, <laughs> send us some letters to make our life. Um, I'm easily pleased. <laughs> and also subscribe. Don't just listen, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and help them understand the word of God and God's love for them through God's word. And so we'll hope to catch up with you again next week. Until then, God bless you. <laughs>